Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I actually said to, I don't know who it was, that I, was, I really wanted to preach a message on the gifts of the Spirit and talk about a few things around the gifts of the Spirit, how they work, how, how they're activated in our life. And uh, in particular, today we're going we're gonna to brief, briefly look over the gifts of the Spirit, but then talk about speaking in tongues, because I think it's really helpful to have some understanding and some theology around uh, this whole thing that us crazy Pentecostals do, which is called speaking in tongues. And uh, it's interesting because I was in a two-day training thing this week with an with a organisation called City to City, and they focus on uniting churches, not the uniting church, but uniting churches together uh, for the cause of Christ and to win cities for Christ. And so um, I've been invited to come and be a part of that team in the mountains. And so I went over there with another pastor and we did two days of training. And, and it's quite funny to sit in a room that is just full of all different denominations, um, but yet have this great unity and not this... Uh, them and us kind of attitude that can happen amongst denominations in in areas and uh, and you know like it's just funny though to to be in a room and you've got a guy up the front who I think was uh, Anglican or something and he's talking about the crazy Pentecostals you know and like because I was one of the there was only a couple of us in the room but it was just interesting to hear them talk about in a good way like and and, and a good way so there was no like down on it. Um, but just the, the ability to embrace the body of Christ. And I really believe that, you know, we can be a church that becomes a church that changes our city, that we can. If we have the mindset that it's not all on us to do the whole city, but we can do it together with other churches. And so, you know, we're working on uniting the churches in the mountains and meeting with pastors. And, you know, we currently meet with guys from the Baptist church, um, Pentecostal church and all different, all different denominations. And I'm believing that's going to grow because I think what we need is a move of God in the mountains, but not what it's looked like before. Something that unites the body together. Something that sees the whole mountains one for Jesus. So that's going to be exciting. So on, actually on the 16th of December, we're going to be joining in with the other churches. There's like, I think there's 12 churches in the mountains joining together to do Christmas carols up at Summerhays Park. And that's going to be pretty cool. So we're going to go along to that and be a part of that, um, which is going to be fun, which you would have heard about a little bit last week, I think. Who, who enjoyed having Fusion with us last week? That was pretty cool, eh? What a great bunch of guys. And uh, anyway, I'm rambling on. Let's, uh, let's, if you've got your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. I think it's important that we have understanding, scriptural understanding around the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, even the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and just really understanding what it is we do. Because I think sometimes we can be misinterpreted as, as, as Christians, spirit-filled Christians, and people can look upon it a little bit. Geez, these guys are weird, you know? And, and we are, that's the problem. We are weird. As, and when spirit-filled Christians, they're a little bit weird, like, because we, we do things that others don't do. But, uh, but I want you to know today that, that this is on offer for everybody. Anyone that believes in Jesus can and, and is able to uh, be filled with the Holy, baptised in the Holy Spirit, 
which is full immersion, stepping in, into like baptism in water, but in the Holy Spirit, and is able to activate these gifts in their life through the Holy Spirit. So as we're talking about this, I don't want you to think, oh, well, it's only for some and not for others. No, it is for everybody. And, and the way you activate it in your life is through hungering for it, is desiring it. You have to desire it. And uh, if you don't desire it, it probably won't happen. But if you do desire it, then you'll go after it and you'll, you'll actually go seeking God for it. So in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 to 7, I think it'll be on the screen. It says, Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit, uh, sorry, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and then to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Verse 10, to another miraculous powers and to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits and, and, to, uh, and to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And this is what we're going to look at today, different types of tongues. There's actually just one type of tongue. There's different types of tongues in the Bible. And so we're going to look at that today. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one as He determines. So before we get started, I want to talk about the foundation of the gifts. Like, what is the foundational use of the gifts? How do we use the gifts? And, and so the foundational uh, foundations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you go to 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Okay, so there's, we'll talk about a whole bunch of different gifts in a minute, but, but the reality is we've got to understand that the very basis of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they're based in love, right? When we, when, we, when we move in these gifts, it is not to come and make somebody feel bad about themselves or lord our authority over people or make somebody, you know, feel less than. It's actually you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are used to love people. We use them out of the place of love and to build and edify one another, to be encouragers of one another and to share messages of God to each other. And there's a whole lot of information. And I'm not going to be able to cover all this today. I can't cover all the gifts even in the next couple of weeks weeks, but we will look at a few of them next week. We're actually going to look at prophecy and what that is and how does prophecy work? Because, you know, there's a whole foundation of prophecy, which is encouragement. Prophecy is an encouraging gift. It's not a, a, a pulling down of people. It's a building up of people. So uh, so, so love, is, love and, des and desire are the two underlying foundations to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So first, we must love. Second, we must have a desire to use them. If we don't have that desire, that may be really hard to move in that place. So love is the motivator, motivator, but, sorry, love is the motivator and desire is the activator. Everything of God is motivated by love. We must truly love people. I can't stress it enough. It's not about how great we are in using, look at me, I'm amazing, I can prophesy, I can this, I can speak in tongues, I can do all these things. Fantastic, look at me, I'm amazing. That's not what it's about. You're not more highly favoured by God because for some reason you can speak in tongues. That, that's not how it works. It's not what it's about. Um, there are people that may never speak in tongues and that's okay. It's not an issue. There's people that may never receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? God is okay with that. If you don't want it, you don't have to have it. And, uh, but he, he desires you to have it 
because there is something great that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit for your life and it, it fulfills meaning and purpose and, and, and helps you be able to achieve what God wants you to achieve in your life. So I'm going to try and do this justice today and not go too long because I don't want to go too long. So we must truly love people. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1-2, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but not have love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries of, and knowledge of, the, of, of everything, and I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I have nothing. So he's, what Paul's doing is really laying a foundational undergirding of the fact that love is, is the foundation of everything that we do. And if we don't have love, all this stuff that we can do and are able to do actually means nothing because it's never, when, when, when the gifts are used without love, they become condemning. They become judgmental. They become uh, a them and us process. But when they're done in love, they build people up. They care for, you know, it comes from a place of love and caring for others. So we just need to understand when we're talking about these gifts that they are, the foundations of these gifts are motivated by love and nothing else. So, so here's my second point is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What are they? Where in the Scriptures does it talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? So that, and I just read through the Scripture, but in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 2, 11, it talks about the gifts. So the gifts can be broken up into three categories. Three categories, the vocal gifts, okay, which are tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. So these are the ones that we speak. These are the gifts that are spoken. They, they, they come through our mouth <clears throat> and they're interesting. And we're going to look at tongues in a minute. Um, and then the second category of gifts is revelational gifts. So these are the gifts of insight. Okay, so this would be word of wisdom, word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. Okay, and then the third category is power gifts, which are gifts of ability. And these are the gifts of faith, healings and miracles. So these add up to all the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we can access in our life at any one time when is needed. Um, so the Holy Spirit will give us these gifts when is needed to be able to use them. So if Kieran was to break his leg, I don't think that I'm going to get given by the Holy Spirit a gift of interpretation of tongues. Right, because he doesn't need interpretation of tongues; he needs a gift of healing, so his leg would be healed. So, so on and so forth. It, it works logically, okay? So, so don't think it's illogical. It's not. Um, so there are too many types of gifts to go through today, but we will try our best to get through this. So the gifts of tongues, the gift of tongues. There are three different types of speaking in tongues that the Bible shows us. The first is other tongues, which is what they received on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. It says that they spoke in other tongues and there were men there that actually understood what they were saying. It's funny because we have a lady in our Mount Annan campus called, called Ruth, who's the head of our prayer team across our campuses. And she's, Dan, Pastor Dan was telling me today that she'd come up to him last week and was like, someone just interpreted me praying in tongues. And, and he's like, wow. And she goes, I've been praying for years that one day I would, I would pray in tongues and someone would interpret it. So she had this Croatian person standing right next to her when she was praying in tongues. And so this Croatian person 
tapped her on the shoulder and said, I don't know if you realise, but you're actually speaking fluent Croatian right now. And so she was like just over the moon that, that her, her prayer had come to pass, um, that you know, God would honour that prayer and, and that, that was the case. But So there is this thing called you know, other tongues, which is when someone is praying and, and the gift of spirit of tongues comes on them and they speak in actual languages from other nations. Um, you know, there's many stories about this, about missionaries that have gone overseas and, and God has supernaturally given them the language of that population to be able to share the wonders and, and, the, and the mercy of God to those people. So this is called other tongues. Then there are angelic tongues. So angelic tongues or in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, um, and must be accompanied by the, by the spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues. So angelic tongues is a message directly from heaven to the church. It'll often happen in a church service. Um, you know, so hear, so you sort of hear about it as much as I guess we used to, but it still does happen. Um, and it, and, it, and it is a, it's a message from God to the church through the speaking of tongues, but it must be interpreted. Actually, the Bible goes to say that if the speaker of the tongues does not get the interpretation of the message and there's no one else in the room to share it, then they must not say it at all. They actually must stop themselves, which tells us that none of these things override our will, okay? We have control of our own voice, of our own tongue, and they're not overridden by God. God is not going to uh, override your self-will. He will not do that. He never does that. Uh, we have to choose to uh, step into it. So, so the, the interpretation of tongues, which is another spiritual gift, is actually given when this type of tongue is spoken of in the Bible. And then the third type of tongues, which is what the type of tongues we're gonna focus on today is called the unknown tongues. Okay, so this is in Romans 8, 26, and in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, and this would be referred to, and we would call this the prayer language. Okay, so there is a speaking in tongues, which is our prayer language between us and God. So this is where we're gonna focus our attention today, on the unknown tongues. Why? Because it is the most common expression of tongues in the church. Not everyone will, will be able to get tongues that are angelic tongues, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but and not everybody may be able to speak in another language, but everybody can pr get a prayer language. It is possible to have. And so here we go, unknown tongues. So this is our prayer language, our prayer tongue. When we pray in tongues, in the Spirit, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us and on our behalf. We are allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us and on our behalf. In Romans 8, 26 to 27, it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray, what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So he's saying here that, there is, that, that when we pray and we don't know what to pray, we can pray in a heavenly language which we, people do not understand because it is our prayer tongue. It is the Holy Spirit. It's praying directly, connecting spirit to spirit with the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues is, and the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf through our groans and language that, no, that we don't understand. 
It sounds weird. It sounds strange. It sounds like jibber-jabber. It sounds, and it's hotly contested in some environments because we go, oh, well, some people don't believe it is for today or it doesn't exist. And, but as Pentecostal Christians, we believe this. We, this is part of the doctrinal belief of being a spirit-filled believer is that this, these gifts are available to us and that we can operate in them. It's an important part of the Christian life to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's an important part of the Christian life. We should never treat him as an optional extra, but rather essential extra. Okay, you don't need the Holy Spirit to be saved. You don't need the Holy, like the Baptist baptism of the Holy Spirit I'm talking about to be saved. You don't need to be able to speak in tongues to be saved. You don't need to be able to say that you're a spirit-filled Christian to be saved. That is not what we're talking about here. There is a teaching in the Pentecostal church in some areas that would say that if you're not baptised in the Holy Spirit, then you're not a Christian, you're not saved, you can't go to heaven. But I don't believe that. I don't believe it's it's scripturally sound and, and supported. I do not believe believe that this is a salvational issue. The only thing that gets us to be saved is to accept the personal lordship and and come into relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the only way we can be saved. So let's just get that clear right now so nobody thinks, oh, I can't do that. No, I'm not going to heaven. Yes, you are. If you've got Christ, you're going to heaven. So he empowers us, equips us and works with us. And for us, he leads us into all truth. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. It's what he does with us. He is our counsellor. Without a relationship with the Holy Spirit, our faith is severely lacking the power to fulfil God's purpose and call on our life. For he's, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowerment to achieve what God has and what has for us in our life. It gives us the ability to move in these gifts and to accomplish the things that God that come before us, whether it be a sick person we can pray for, whether it be learning to grow in our relationship with Jesus, whatever it may be, this gift gives us the ability to be able to live our lives for Christ. So the evidence of the Holy Spirit, which is another very controversial conversation with some people. Um, some would say... Here's the thing, in Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. To receive power, there must have been an expression of that power as evidence that had taken place. If you receive the power and there's no evidence, then how do you know you have it? And how do others know that you have that power? So obviously with this this baptism that the Bible's talking about, there is evidences that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that that you are baptised in the Holy Spirit. And so there is evidence of that. And, And so speaking in tongues and prophecy seem to be the two main uh, expressions of, of baptism in the Holy Spirit when you read the scriptures. Often speaking in tongues is probably more evident. And this is why they would say that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But there are also other gifts that are the evidence of, ba- of being baptised in the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit themselves are the evidences of being baptised in the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches us. Now, tongues is probably the most predominant uh, gifting that we see early on in someone's uh, interaction with the Holy Spirit. Um, So some theologians say it is the, uh, what do they call it? The, um, 
sorry, I've lost the word. It is the, like, not basic. No, 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 just, it's like the predominant gift. It's like, I can't remember the word I'm looking for now. I've gone blank. Sorry? Yeah, basically, something like along those lines that it's the, it, it's not the easier gift, but it's sort of like that. I can't think of the word. I'm searching, but I can't find it. But it's one of the gifts that comes early on. It's one of the initial gifts that comes early. It's one of the, when you read in the scriptures, it's uh, whenever someone, there's, there's quite a few scriptures when it talks about um, someone being filled with the Holy, baptised in the Holy Spirit. And one of the first gifts that came was the gift of tongues. And then prophecy was like the next one. Um, so if you look and let's see, where, let's go down. So some would argue it's not true where I'm up to. So there are five, five instances, instance, I can't even get that word out now. <laughs> I need an English teacher. There's five areas in the scriptures where speaking in tongues and prophecy are the evidence of the baptism, right? So in the day of Pentecost, we see that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The tongues of fire came in and they spoke in tongues, right? That's in Acts 2, 4. Uh, the Gentiles were in Cornelius's house in Acts 10, 41, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The first gift we see is speaking in tongues. In John's disciples, same thing, Acts 19, 1, when they were, when they were prayed and filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought that was coming up on the screen. That's all right, because I don't have the scripture written here. Uh, we see that one of the first gifts that were given was the was the speaking in tongues. Have I got the right verse there? Maybe not. <laughs> so Paul's baptism in, in the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, uh, it can be a little bit unclear, but Paul himself says that he speaks in tongues more than anybody else. So we see that tongues was a gift that Paul had received. Um, and he actually, you know, says that it is a good thing to speak in tongues. And then in, in number five is the Samaritan believers in Acts 8. So it doesn't say that they outright spoke in tongues, but it describes a clear demonstration of power, the power of God, which Simon asked for and he wanted to buy from them. So when we add all these things up and these accounts up, we see that, that speaking in tongues is one of the evidences of being baptised in the Holy Spirit as long, along lines with um, prophecy. So uh, these scriptures support that position. Um, and the good theology, good theology, you must have at least three scriptures that can support your point of view and your theological position to be able to make some kind of position out of it. Um, so that's something I learned in Bible college. You do learn things in Bible college. How good is that? Sorry, it's a very teachy message today, but I wanted to give some clear um, teaching around around tongues and, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is this being all right? Yeah, we're getting stuff out of it? Yeah, because it's not my usual type of preaching, so, so sorry if I'm boring you. <laughs> okay, so it's important to understand, though, that it can take time. Um, you know, I have met people that as soon as they pray for it, something takes place. And then I've met people that they've prayed for it, nothing happens. 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 And it just takes time for them to, to, to somehow see this come to pass in their world. I don't understand it. I don't always get it. Sometimes I think the problem isn't so much whether it can happen or not for people, but a lot of the time we have to get out of our head to receive it because our head will rob us 
um, because what we're trying to do is either trying to explain something that we can't explain. So, so if we can't explain it, then it, you know, if we're very uh, intellectual, it can be challenging because we want to be able to work it out. And there are just things about God that we can't work out. There are things, there's a mystery about God that, that just for some reason we just will never know. We will never know. Um, so, so it does take time for it to come to pass sometimes in people's worlds. I remember talking to one friend and he had been prayed a bunch of times when he was a kid and nothing ever happened. And one day he's out on his trampoline as a kid and he, he, he's, he's asking to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and God, it comes upon him and all of a sudden he's speaking in tongues. Nobody's around, just him on his own. Um, so so you know, how does it work? I don't really know. I don't really have all the answers. I just know that it does. I do know that there must be a few elements to the process. There's a few elements to the process that seem to help the process take, take root in our lives. The first one would be this. There must be desire. You've got to want it. And to want it means you've got to believe that it's possible. Um, for some of us, it might be that we've had teaching in our upbringing in church that is contradicting what I'm talking about today. And, and, and that could be robbing us of what God has for us. Um, I, would, I would encourage you, if that's the case, that you investigate clearly in the Scriptures what the Bible says about it. <clears throat> um, you know, so desire, we must want to have these encounters with the Holy Spirit. We must want the baptism that the Bible talks about. If we don't want it, it's probably not likely to happen. The second thing is to believe. Baptism comes by faith. Okay, there's an element of faith to it. To speak in tongues, often when I pray with people to speak in tongues, I'll say to them, listen, you need to stop thinking about it so hard. All right, there's going to be a sound that comes and it's normally just a small sound, but you must speak it out. As you speak it out, what happens is the language starts to develop and you'll find over time it changes and it grows and it comes, becomes different. Before you know it, you've got a prayer language, but it all comes out of faith. You have to believe that it's possible. You have to believe that this is for you. So you must desire it. You must believe that it's for you and that it will come to pass, that God will honour his promise in this area. The third thing is to ask. Believe it or not, God likes to be asked for things. Not demanded, but asked. Lord, could I please have this baptism? Would be a good way to do it. <laughs> it's a little bit like I teach my kids, ask before you help yourself. Because mum was saving that for herself. And now you've eaten it and you've drank it and you didn't ask and now you're in trouble. But, but you won't be in trouble. God won't go mad on you, I don't think. But, but if you don't ask, you don't get, right? You don't receive things that you don't ask for. And uh, so, it, it, so, so we must ask prayer and asking God to baptise you in the Holy Spirit. And then the third thing is to step out in faith. So faith is not just, um, just standing there wanting something to happen, but there's an action behind it, right? And this is where speaking in tongues especially, and even moving in prophecy and all these things, they take a step of faith. You have to step towards them even though maybe you don't fully understand. What I've found with a lot of this stuff is that understanding doesn't come sometimes until after 
So, so if you're trying to work it out beforehand, it makes no sense. But after you've experienced it and stepped into it, all of a sudden you start to realize, oh, okay, now I get it. And so, so it is. <laughs> We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.